CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. Again, that's 1 888 Ask CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Monday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we get together at this time to answer questions about the Bible from the Bible, look at our insane world through a biblical perspective, and uh, what we hear in church. If there's something you uh, would like to ask us other than those things, hey, you're welcome to do it. You've been reading your Bible, sharing your faith. Someone's asked you a question, 8888. Ask CSN's the number to call. You can be part of the program today. Got a few lines open, and so you're assured to get on if you call right now. Joining me today, special guest Scott Parker from Calvary Chapel, Festus, Missouri. And uh, hi and welcome. Hi, Mike. It is great to be back with you here on this new year and on Monday, uh, a new week of answering questions uh, for our listeners. And uh, I trust you had a blessed and wonderful holidays. I know I did. And so it's great to be back with you again. Good to be back with you. Looking forward to answering some questions with you. And again, mm-hmm. uh, so many things going on in the world. Uh, yeah. The latest from California. This this is absolutely, friends, I, you can't make this up. It's that insane. Illegal aliens who broke into our country are now going to be allowed to be police officers so illegal aliens can arrest American citizens. That's a fact. I couldn't believe it. Somebody told me that, and I said, nobody is this stupid. <laughs> sure enough, California, I don't know what's wrong with the government in California, but, uh, you know, I think they need non-American citizens to arrest American citizens uh, for infractions. In other words, a, a true sheriff, a true um, uh, American highway patrolman is going to have a lot of thoughts about just randomly attacking uh, American citizens. But somebody from a foreign country has no loyalty to this nation at all. They broke the law to even get into our country, and now they're the ones that are dictating what the law is. Friends, we have crazy things going on. There's not going to be any way around this one and no way out of this. It is um, it is the law. I believe it came became the law on uh, the first of the year. And so I don't know if I was in California, I think it's I think it's time to get out of there. I, I really do. Oh, but the weather's so nice. Yeah, but you know, tyranny is very, very dark. And uh, I think that's what, unfortunately, for so many people, like I say, if I was there, I wouldn't stay. So uh, other people, you know, if God's called you to be there, be there. But I'll tell you, uh, when you see this kind of stuff, you got to realize we are being overthrown as a nation as fast as they possibly can do it. Again, Nikita Khrushchev says, we will bury you and they'll never fire a shot. And you know, they're doing exactly as they said. There's 40 things that they had set out to do. It was on James Dobson's program this past week, and um, he talked about Ben Carson, uh, Ben Colson, um, uh, talked about this, and uh, they have followed 
these 40 steps going clear back to the late 50, early 60s to infiltrate every single possible place of influence in our nation and we're now being overthrown. And it's really incredible to watch what we're seeing going on. Again, illegal aliens now are going to be your police if you're in California. I think everybody in California should rise up immediately and um, protest this. This is this is um, this is the the wisdom of fools, and unfortunately, it reigns supreme. Something to think about, boy. I'll tell you, New Year, Scott. Lots of crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, it is, Mike. And you know, just like what we were talking about there, this is this is just exposing the agenda behind yes. those in power in California. It's just showing that Newsom and all of his uh, nymphs, that they're, they're all just behind the whole globalism thing. And it's just communism. You know, it's, World. Yeah, it, we, exactly. The, yeah, the, that, that is the whole globalism thing is communism, socialism, communism. It's all the same thing. And this just exposes how much the leaders in California, at least those on that side, how they are behind all this, they're pushing this, you know, most of the time here in our nation, whatever happens in California sweeps across the country, usually starts out there and they know this. And so this is what they're doing. And I tell you, I think 2024, I think is going to be a wild year to watch and to really, and Mike, more than anything, uh, in my preaching lately, I have just been just urging people to make sure their hearts are right with God, that they know Jesus and that they're ready because when we see, when we see the preparation and the precursors of the things that Jesus spoke about what happened during the tribulation, when we see those things now, that means the rapture is close. It's even more closer than we realize when we see those things happen. And that's why Jesus gave us those signs. And so I think we really, really, Need to make sure that we know the Lord and we're close to Him and walking with Him and we're prepared and ready because He can come at, as He said, no one knows the day or the hour and He's going to come at a time that we don't expect. And so I think when we see all these things in the world, it really behooves us uh, to be prepared and ready. Amen. We need to be about our Father's business. Work mm-hmm. for the night is is absolutely coming, and you want to do everything you can do while you can do it. To the phones we go, we go. We have Melinda on the line, Meridian, Idaho. Hi, welcome. Hi. Um, thank you for your program. How may we help? Um, my question is, um, I thought that I read in the Bible that the Nephilim was destroyed during um, the flood with Noah. I have heard people argue, oh, it stayed because of Noah's daughter-in-law. So that's the first part of the question. And then the second part of the question would be, um, will the Nephilim come back during the end times? Wow, your thoughts on that? Well, you know, Mike and uh, Melinda, there is a lot of talk right now about Nephilim. I know there are a lot of pastors and Bible teachers and preachers um, and and ones that have been very good Bible teachers that were trying to use Nephilim to explain uh, in the latter part of this past year, what was going on with UFOs and saying that the Nephilim, 
uh, are now what are posing to be, you know, the little gray men and Martians and, and all this kind of stuff. I mean, there there is a lot of teaching going on right now that I think is false. And the reason I do is because I can't see it in Scripture. And, you know, what's amazing, you know, is when you read Genesis chapter 6, there's no evidence there to say that the Nephilim, that these giants, that what they were is they were the product of fallen angels having sexual relations with human women, and then they breeded this half-breed, uh, mixed breed of angelic human people that were giants and then and, and such. Uh, the, go back in the scripture doesn't say that. When you go back to Genesis 6, it simply makes a point in saying that during that time in history, that what happened was that there were giants in those days, speaking of the days of Noah, and then it says, and afterward. And so here's always the question that I have that people can't answer, but they try to answer it with this, with this question that you have, Melinda. The question no one can seem to answer is this. If the Nephilim and if these giants um, that existed in Noah's day, um, they were all wiped out with the flood. That is very, very clear. Everything that had the breath of life, God wiped out with the flood except for eight people, Noah and his family. That was it. And so what we see then is after the book of Genesis, and we get into the history of Israel, when Joshua is bringing the people into the promised land, even when they sent Joshua and Caleb and the, the 12 spies into the promised land, they saw there were giants there. Well, the giants came back. Well, how did the giants come back if they were all destroyed in Noah's flood? And so I think that's evidence that the Nephilim and the the giants that we see back during the flood – that these aren't the, these aren't the same ones. They're they're just the giants are just what it says. They're very very large people. You know what I'm saying? It it, it doesn't give the indication that that's what it was was angelic uh, a mixture of angelic people and and human people. And so this this thought there's nowhere in scripture where this thought that it was one of Noah's daughter in laws. Uh, that somehow had that DNA in her and through her, the giants, the, the Nephilim came back. There's no evidence of that. I, I believe by studying in scripture, I think that the giants were just that they were, they were just giants because after man sinned, what happened in the human DNA was a lot of what they call mutations. That's why when you get to um, to, to the time of the law where God gives the law to Moses. This is why, by the time you get to that time, God tells Moses to tell the children of Israel for them not to intermarry in close relationships because of the DNA mu uh, mutations. It can cause a lot of birth defects and a lot of problems with humans. And so that's why God told him not to do that. Um, uh, but this whole thing, you know, to say that, uh, that somehow Noah's daughter-in-law uh, had this DNA in her or somehow she continued the Nephilim on. I, I don't buy it because number one, I don't see it in scripture. And then number two, Mike, you know what, you know what, it kind of, it kind of, to me, because I've heard this before. And to me, it's like this. It's like men, you know, these men 
uh, during Noah's day, I mean, it, it tells us why God judged them, why he brought the flood. In Noah's generation, it tells us that the thoughts and the intents of their heart were on evil continually. And they filled the earth with violence and they corrupted the whole earth. That's why God destroyed them. And I know there's Bible teachers today and, and, and some some prophet uh, prophecy teachers that are teaching. They're, no, no, the reason why God destroyed Noah's generation was because of the angelic and human mixture yeah, in, in the sex relationships. And the Bible does not say that. And so I think we have to be very careful, and I think we have to go back to Scripture and stick with what the Scripture has to say. It tells us, because here's the point, if if Noah's, after God wiped out that generation and preserved mankind through Noah and his family, if somehow Noah's daughter-in-law was able to carry some sort of seed or some sort of DNA that perpetuated that Nephilim thing, then you know what that means? That means Satan was smarter than God, that God judged mankind, but Satan pulled a fast one on God and slipped this in <laughs> as if God didn't see it or something. Listen, we go back to Genesis. It's very clear. A holy God brought a, a holy and righteous and a very complete judgment and started over. So I, again, I think to say that, you know, uh, that the, that the giants, in 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 Joshua's day and in the history of the Old Testament there are the exact same ones, you know, the spirit of the Nephilim that was in Noah's day. I think that that's wrong scripturally. And then to say that they're back today in the form of aliens, I think is a horrible, horrible misjustice to scripture. And I think we need to stick with the Bible. And Mike, I like what you always bring up. Uh, and I'll give you a chance here to, to talk. I didn't mean to take so much time. But I like what you always bring up when you're talking about where Jesus talked about the last days and it being like the days of Noah. The one thing Jesus doesn't bring up is the Nephilim. He doesn't bring it bring it up as an issue in the last days. So I think we have to be careful with that, Mike. Yeah, very clearly. Uh, and uh, Jesus himself does the commentary on Genesis mm -hmm. chapter 6. And when you see these guys go to the moon with this, that, oh, in one of Noah's uh, daughter-in-laws, there was this, that is just, just make stuff up. B believe in unicorns, believe in that. It's not scriptural. This is where the problems come from with the cults, with these crazy doctrines. Now, yeah. what about all the UFO sightings around the world? I got to tell you something that I do believe. The Bible says when the rapture comes and people disappear from this earth, the world is going to come up with a lie and the Bible says uh, um, a strong delusion will be sent upon the world that they'll believe that lie where the people went. Did the earth just purge itself of the undesirables? Or um, uh, uh, that, that um, they, they just vanish because, of their, because they're not worthy of living in this world? You don't know what they're going to come up with. The UFOs got them. Uh, just like, uh, like, uh, close encounters of the third kind where people were being abducted from the earth. Um, I believe there's going to be something along that line. And another reason mm -hmm. why the world must unite to prevent this from happening again. You see, people that are in darkness, and let me tell you something, when you don't know what bathroom to go into anymore, you are in darkness. Hardcore, how great, as the Bible says, is that darkness. That's how dark it is. So I don't think they're going to be able to navigate very clearly um, when you're in a lie 
everything seems believable. So I think there's going to be a lot of issues there. But the Nephilim, I believe, were probably genetic kickback, selective breeding, whatever you want to call it. They were men of renown. Uh, 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 excuse me. They were giants on the land. And then uh, the sons of God, I believe the descendants of Seth, and the um, women of the world, the daughters of this world, um, they intermarried and the people forsook their faith. Uh, they became men of renown. Um, and that simply means that they had a reputation. It's not speaking there, I believe, of the giants, by the way. Um, doesn't say that. Um, and so I, I think that, again, how many people do we know that knew the Lord, walked with the Lord, started dating worldly people, and forsook their faith? I, I think the, everybody knows at least a couple dozen of those. So I think that's what happened there. And even David fought Goliath, who was a giant. And he didn't go out and say, you dirty, rotten Nephilim. No, he was a Philistine. So, Melinda, I hope that helps. Yes, thank you very much. God bless you, dear. And, and again— And Mike? Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. Can I, can I add one more thing? Sure, you go ahead. And, and, and for Melinda. Melinda, also, too, here's another thing um, that I have— I have heard, I've seen and heard myself from some Bible teachers today who are trying to say that, you know, the sons of God in Genesis 6, the Nephilim, that, you know, they're here today and they'll be here in the last days doing all this stuff. It's amazing because one of the, one of the things that a lot of these Bible teachers use to substantiate this and this whole idea is the book of Enoch. And I have I watched I have watched videos where prophecy teachers are trying to tell people about this, about the end times, and they elevate the book of Enoch, which is not a scriptural book. It's not it's not canonized in the Bible. It is not inspired. And I've watched them use that book and elevate it to the the level of scripture. And anytime we do that, we are wrong and we are off. When we have to take extra biblical texts and use that as our basis for what we think the Bible says, then we're we're getting so off and we're going to be so misguided. So that's another thing, too, that goes along with this whole Nephilim thing, because you don't have very much information about Nephilim in the Bible. You don't have that much. But guess what? You have a whole chapter or more in the book of Enoch that'll give you all these gory details and all these sketchy details. And that's where a lot of these guys kind of get this stuff and go, oh, look, you know, uh, this is writings from a long time ago that tells us about that Enoch wrote, which there's no proof that Enoch wrote that at all. Um, and, and they use that to substantiate this stuff, which I think is wrong and I think is very misleading. So, Mike. Yeah. In fact, the idea that Nephilim were an off breed of uh, angelic beings and human beings was foreign until about 300 AD. Uh, the Jewish people never believed that. Um, Jesus never taught about it in Matthew chapter 24. So we have to just realize that people like to add to God's word. Be careful. Hope that helps. Thank you so much. It definitely does. Stay on the line. Send you out some books, some DVDs, uh, 101 Last Days Prophecies. I think you'll enjoy that. And Happy New Year to you. Let's go to Jennifer, Festus, Missouri. Hi, welcome. Hi, guys. Well, first of all, we were talking about immigrants. I got a praise report here in Festus. 
Well, the leader put out that they had a big meeting up there in Hillsboro, which is up by the courthouse. That's where all Jefferson County people that are on the committee board go there and do their voting or whatever they do, especially when it comes to something like this. Well, there was a guy on our board meeting. I don't know what his name was. But anyway, he said yes, and the rest of them said no. Well, then Hillsboro, they said, if I'm not mistaken, I think they said no, too. But High Ridge said, oh, it's okay for these immigrants to live here. So they said yes. And Fenton said yes. Well, just this past year, this lady lives in High Ridge, and she lives in Cape Town. One of these immigrants came to her house and tried to assault her, but thank goodness somebody stepped in. Well, the guy, they said down here in Jefferson County, in Festus, in our area, they said, uh-uh, we're not having these immigrants here. You just have to move on down the line. So praise God that they were standing up for what's right or send them back across the border, which they need to be. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, I don't really know much about that. I haven't heard uh, all of that, Jennifer, and I apologize. I don't have more to offer <laughs> on that. But anyway, Mike. Well, I think the main problem is we don't know who's coming across the border, and neither does mm-hmm. uh, neither does our government. Uh, we know that there are many, many high-ranking criminals. We know that there are terrorists, absolutely, without a doubt, coming across our border. We don't know. And then when the, when they were asked, they lost the records. Our government lost the records, probably a lot like they did when they when the government under Obama gave uh, the drug cartels these high-power uh, weapons. And then somehow... Nobody really knows exactly what the whole gig was, but through tracking the serial numbers on the gun, they could find out something about the cartels. And then the government lost all the papers on that. And then Officer Terry of ICE was killed using an American-given gun to the cartels by the Obama administration. Oh, the American news media hid that about as good as they did the cocaine in the White House. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, we got to be real careful here when we when we look at our information. But, you know, uh, again, if somebody comes into our country, hears about Jesus and gets saved, I'm all safe. I'm all I'm all I'm all ready for that. That's great. But here's the problem. We don't know what, who is coming across our borders. And if you haven't listened to this program before, if you go by the American news media, which is absolutely the biggest group of liars that were ever cons- consolidated together in any one place, over 300,000 illegal people broke into our country between December 1st and December 31st. There's very few countries on earth that can handle that influx on their on their infrastructure, from their roads to the stores to the refrigerators to the clothes, all the things they need, housing, three hundred thousand. But that's only in one month. When you add what Pre- President Biden has done to overthrow America with several million, I, I think it's somewhere between three and five million right now that he's allowed to illegally come across our border, and now to make them police officers. Oh, friends, you were all in a lot of trouble because we are being overthrown by the communists and we're not even aware of how devious they are. I know one thing, the American news media will not tell the truth. 
I don't, I don't like them. I know I don't trust them. And they don't like Trump, which tells me Trump's probably a really good guy. Because anybody that the American news media for, whether it's Palestine or, or, or uh, uh, Hamas, I'm against. You never hear the American media clamoring to influence the American public. Hamas, surrender. You started the war against Israel. If you'll surrender, the war will be over. But no, no, the American news media will never tell you the truth, nor the U.N., Unfortunately, nor will our president or the Democratic Party. That's fact. That is not that is not a conspiracy theory. That is fact. And when you have people like AOC and Tabib and these others, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, avowed communist, spent his honeymoon in Russia. We go halfway around the world to keep communism out of Ukraine and protect their borders and we won't get the communists out of our own or out of our own Congress and we will not protect our own borders. What are we doing spending hundreds of billions of dollars for the Ukraine but our own nation is being overthrown? Friends, we are under attack and America doesn't even know it. And I pray You know, when you turn your back on God, darkness comes in like a flood. And that's what we have right now. And I just pray that, again, for all those, I'm not against anybody. But I am against lawbreakers and people that do the things the way they're supposed to do them, who cheat and get in line in front of everybody else. That's cheating. There's no way around it. And unfortunately, we have a government now that rewards crime and punishes good people. Yeah, we got problems. I hope that answers your question for you, dear, because it is a real issue, Jennifer, something we all need to pray about. Stay in line, and and, uh, we'll send you out some books, some DVDs, and what did you say? Scott, what? You you were going to say something. No, I think Jennifer was getting ready to say something. Oh, go ahead, Jennifer. My my next question was this question on circumcised, and uncircumcised, does that mean that someone's unbeliever and then the one that, you know, like you take off your, you accept Jesus Christ. And that's when you, that's when you really wake up and you find out what's really going on with the world. Scott, quickly. Yes, uh, circumcision in the Bible talks about um, our relationship to God. So those that are born again have been circumcised in their hearts through their faith in Christ. That's the quick answer. Yeah, and it's a type of being a living sacrifice. Hope that answers it for you, Jennifer. Coming up on a break, we'll have a lot more right after this. We'll be right back. If babies in their mother's womb could speak, what would they say? Did you know an unborn baby's heart is already beating at just three weeks? By five weeks, you can hear their heartbeat on ultrasound. And that's where Preborn's network of clinics step in. The heartbeat is the voice of the preborn, and you can share their voice in a big way. I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry, and it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever. (laughs) 
Preborn is the nation's largest provider of free ultrasounds, and every day they rescue 200 babies' lives. Will you speak for those who cannot speak for themselves? To find out more about the life-saving work of Preborn, visit preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or call 855-668-BABY. That's 855-668-BABY. All gifts are tax-deductible, and Preborn has a 100% charity rating. Your love can't save a life. If you haven't switched to MediShare yet, two big reasons to at least consider it and why it makes so much sense right now. Number one is inflation, which is just affecting everything. It just makes sense to say, okay, where can I actually save? Well, you can save a lot in one fell swoop if you switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month. Secondly, your conscience. MediShare members aren't forced to pay for things they don't support or believe in. And that's a big deal for a lot of people right now. They want their money to actually help people. And one more reason, you can trust MediShare. It's been the gold standard for healthcare sharing for more than 30 years. It works and members love it too. It has double the member satisfaction rating compared to health insurance. So now's a great time to consider making the switch and they are very easy to talk to. MediShare has great customer service. You can call now and get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. It's 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Welcome back to part two of Term Man Answer here on this Monday with Scott Parker. And we're going to go right back to the phones. We have Steve on the line, Grant Pass, Oregon. Hi and welcome. How are you doing, pastors? Hey, I had a question. Um, you said that California was going to uh, make uh, the immigrants um, police. Half, I mean, they don't even speak English. What are they going to do? Shoot first and ask questions later? Well, I, I don't know, but you can look it up. Just Google uh, illegal immigrants are now allowed to be police officers in California and uh, read it and weep because this is absolutely, this is absolutely uh, a treason. There's no other way. How a, a person that broke in the country illegally can then arrest a true American citizen. This is absolutely insane. But California chops up little kids too. So it goes right along with them. Um, I don't know. Your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just it's insanity, uh, Mike. That's the word that you used at the top of the at the top of the show when we came on the air uh, about our insane world, and it just is. Um, so, I mean, it's almost beyond comment. I mean, this is where we're at. You know, we're 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 in a time in America, in a time in a world, actually, uh, and especially in California, right? Where it's like the Book of Judges uh, when when there when there is no clear leadership that's godly and right that every man does what's right in his own eyes and uh, that's what we're seeing here but but again you know i am i'm very very convinced you know um that newsom and and all of those uh in leadership on the left in california are you know they're they're hooked up with the globalist and all of those uh who want to see socialism and communism take over here in america they want to see the collapse of america and uh, you know, when we look at all that and then we look at what the book of Revelation has to say uh, about the future, we can see it all playing together. Not that it's right, not that we want it, 
but is it surprising? No. Uh, is it insane? Yes. And, um, you know, I think while we're here as believers, we're salt and light and we should do all we can while we can, uh, with what God has given us, which is his word. And so I think that's what we need to be doing is standing up for what is right at all costs. Mike. Hope that helps, Steve. Hey, Pastor Mike. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that I do believe what you just said. I just don't understand how they're going to do it. I don't think they, I, I, I think they, they'll make up something. Um, I, I don't know how they can take a little boys and chop them up and try to make them little girls and the other way around, but they somehow figure some devious way to do it. So uh, it just shows that um, uh, they, they, they've got a master play on everyone. This is not by accident. The old saying, if you have a handful of darts, you throw it at a dartboard, the chances of one of the darts hitting the dartboard are pretty good. How is it that every single thing they do is never good for America? Oh, for special interest groups, sure, but not for Americans. No, allowing your borders to be overran, allowing the fentanyl to pour across the border. And then you have Joe Biden saying, we want to take away guns from the American citizens. So we'll just be a sweeter target for all those breaking into your country. Friends, listen, I don't know how stupid uh, they reckon us all to be, but eventually Abraham Lincoln said you can fool some of the people some of the time and all the people part of the time. But you're not going to fool everybody forever. And you know what? I think there's a lot of people that are waking up. But I don't give great hope for our next election. The last one was completely cheated. Don't listen to the American news media. They're lying. We actually, you need to go watch the video. Everyone needs to watch the video, 2,000 Mules. Because it shows you how they did it. They showed couriers coming up with cars loaded bags of ballots that they would dump in a, 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 a voting deposit box was where you'd put your ballot in one at a time. Not these guys. They dumped in bags and they showed it all over America. Watch it. It's all real. It's not made up. What is made up is the American news media. They lie. And um, again, we, we have real issues. Um, remember their fair haired child, Joseph Stalin, he said, it doesn't matter who votes. It's who counts the votes. Never forget that. I mean, this is how they're doing it and how they're going to continue to do it. Watch again, 2000 mules. You can, you can find it. It's, it's out there on the internet and you will see the actual footage of them driving up with bags big bags of ballots and stuffing them in the voting, uh, voting, uh, uh, boxes, um, appalling. And so again, I think this is why, again, I can genuinely say even so come quickly, Lord Jesus, because it's everywhere. The problems are global. It's not just here. North Korea is just about ready to commence scrapping with uh, South Korea. China wants to take Taiwan. You know what's going on in the Middle East right now. Russia's a mess. Finland has warned uh, their citizens of a possible attack now from Russia. It's everywhere, friends. 
I mean, even getting a boat through uh, the Red Sea and coming out in the in the Indian Ocean, um, Somali pirates are are pirating all the boat. I mean, it the world's gone mad. This is what Jesus said would happen: perplexity among nations. That means problems with no way out. And I mean, it can be as small as the coagula muscle in southern Idaho that they poisoned the rivers trying to kill the thing, and now they found that they're back. Uh, uh, They get into the turbines. They get into all the farmers' um, irrigation, uh, uh, you know, devices. Uh, There's just problems everywhere. All I can tell you is when you begin to see these things, Jesus said, look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Oh, so important that we know there's a way out of here. And friends, I I never want to mention anything. Please listen. I never want to mention anything about politics or about global issues without the bottom line. And that is this. Discern the time you're in. When you see all these things going on, uh, there's nothing I'm going to do about fixing the border. There's nothing I'm going to do about any of that stuff. But I can tell people, hey, get ready. Do what you can do for the kingdom of God. We're running out of time. And so understanding the time, the days are evil. We need to be about our father's business. And the current events that we find in the paper and all these other news sources are just reminders how fast the clock is running out. So be about your daddy's business. Be a good representative for the king in this new year. Hope that helps, Steve. It does, and thank you for your show. God is good, Steve, and you just pray. There's a lot of people want to want to see us go away, so you just keep praying that God will keep strengthening us and in and stay online. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. Happy New Year to you. Okay, Happy New Year. Thank you. Let's go to Essence in Temple, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hi, howdy, guys. Um, this may sound a little bit twisted. <laughs> when a man and a woman are cleaved, which means faithful in marriage, becoming one flesh, and they have a child, and that child is covered spiritually under that one flesh, then grows up, leaves the cleave of the parents, and cleaves to his betrothed, how do you refer a child that isn't under one flesh bond to the parents? like an unmarried unmarried parents, because the Bible says he leaves his mother and father to cleave now to his betrothed, and he has to be an adult to leave the mother and father. Is there a non-spiritual term for that child? Because without the one flesh of the parents, that child is part hers and part his, but not wholly both his and hers under one flesh. Well, apart from all that, let me just let me just speed it up. I believe this is why there's so many problems with marriage in America right now. Because you have a child as an example from a normal home mother, father marries somebody where their parents were divorced. Uh the woman may not see any need for the man in uh really in her family because 
Well, my, my dad left my mom when, when I was a kid, and she says my mom made all the decisions. And so really, um, you know, it's nice to have a guy around, but uh, I can make the decision just as well as he can. I watched my mom do it. And you have all these different backgrounds marrying different people. They have the same terminology, just like oftentimes in faith, but with completely different different definitions. And I believe this attributes much to the divorce rate in America because a, a hundred years ago, man's role, woman's role was fairly defined. Now it sky's the limit. And you put two people together with completely different definitions of what life is, it's, it's going to be problems. And the Bible says, can two walk together unless they're in agreement? So when you ask the question, well, where does that leave these these people? It doesn't mean they're bad. It just means if you're a, if you came out of a single home, you need to be really be programmed by the Word of God. We all need that, and we need to get God's values back in our life again, and understand what God says the role of a man is and what the role of a woman is. It doesn't matter what Hollywood says. They're the biggest train wreck I've ever seen in my life. You ever looked at any of the lifestyles of the stars? They've been married more times than you can count. They've got multiple police records. They got all these issues. And we somehow think, oh, now that's what I want to be like. No, you don't. Hollywood is a train wreck. And you don't want to have that influence you, your family, your children, your culture in any way, shape, or form. They lied to us. I used to have a bulletin cover I'd put out years ago on our bulletins here at the river years ago and had a picture of Hollywood with the searchlights, you know, like when they're having a, a you know, the uh, Academy Awards or something. But what it had is Hollywood up on the hill with searchlights. And then down below, I had, they lied to us because they have, and they continue to do so. Your thoughts. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Mike, you know, I'm one of those people who came from a single mother home uh, one parent home. My mother raised me, um, and all I knew was, you know, as, as as far as a father, my grandfather, her dad, my stepfather, uh, who was abusive to my mother, uh, never knew my uh, biological father, never will. He's dead now. Um, and what was amazing is in my life, all the sins of my family, as I was growing up, when I saw the sinful lifestyle of my family, um, it had an opposite effect on me. To where it didn't draw me into that sin, but it, it it literally repelled me from that. I didn't want I didn't want to repeat the sins of my family and live the way they lived. And it was at 16 years old that I heard the gospel uh, and received Christ and realized that though I did not have a biological father on earth anymore, and realized that you know my stepfather is is uh, it was not the uh, father figure he should have been for me. Um, the amazing part of all of that is that I realized when I was born again that God is my father and that he is the one who put me on this earth at this time and allowed all these events to happen for me to be here, to know him. And then ultimately, uh, that's the ultimate thing is for me to know him for eternity and spend eternity with him. But but while I'm here on earth, now he can use me to to share his love, grace, and, and his word with people to to let people know that there's a purpose for each one of us. 
And uh, God doesn't make mistakes. And I love that. And, you know, when it comes to this whole thing about man and woman and the covering and all this, you know, 1 Corinthians 7 tells us that it only takes one believing spouse in a home, only one, uh, to sanctify a child uh, and to, for the child to be considered holy before God until that child comes to the point to where they hear the gospel, can understand it and repent of their sins and put faith in Christ for themselves. Um, after that point, they're responsible for their own sins now. And um, just making this short, you know, um, so I think it's important to understand that. And I think it's also important to understand that, you know, when when a, a, a young man gets married, uh, as as the Lord said in Genesis uh, chapter two there, he's to leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife. And when that happens and a child leaves the home, what happens is he now establishes own, his own home and he is now his own authority in his own home, just as his parents were to him. And uh, so, um, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, Ezekiel, you know, pretty much made it very clear that every man stands before God on his own, responsible for his sins or his righteousness. It's up to every man. Um, it really doesn't have the, the bearing, you know, of who my parents were or were, you know, they're covering over me or all that. You know what? That really has no bearing on it when it comes to what we see in Scripture. Every man stands before himself and responsible for himself before God. So, Mike? Amen. Hope that helps. Yes, I had a second twisted question, though. <laughs> um, can I ask? Sure. Okay. Um, are the parents judged for the years of a child before the age of accountability? And I personally believe 11, 12, 13, when a child can discern from good from evil. So if a child hurts or kills a sibling or something like that before the age of accountability, will the parents gain judgment for said child? Scott, your thoughts? Well, I think it goes back again, what I was quoting from Ezekiel, where Ezekiel said that, you know, every person is responsible for their sins before God. And, and I think with what you're talking about, I mean, when it comes to judgment, listen, all of us as parents are going to stand before the Lord to give an account of our stewardship of our children while they were in our care and, and in our home. And with your question, Essence, I, I think, um, you know, the the effects that that has here and now, um, yeah, there could be, there could be some serious, I mean, serious responsibility the parents have in that. Uh, but ultimately, I think if we're talking about judgment day and ultimately and it, it concerning salvation, it's going to come down again to the child themselves, um, repenting of their sins, putting their faith in Christ at whatever age that is. Um, but I think that, um, it would depend upon the situation, uh, as far as how, it should be dealt with here and the accountability a parent should have here for the child's for their actions of their child. Uh, I will say this, uh, you know, I mean, I raised uh, two young men who are now adult Christian men. And I have, you know, as a pastor, of course, Mike also, we've seen many, many children uh, in church. And I can tell you one thing, uh, Christian parents could, could, okay, listen, let me say it this way. If Christian parents could do everything right, ultimately, those children, no matter how young they are or how old they are, they still make their own decisions. You know, children of really good Christian parents um, at very young ages and even when they're adults still make very bad decisions. And I don't think that always 
uh, goes back to the parents' responsibility. I don't think that always re- should reflect on the parents that somehow they failed, you know, or did wrong. So I think we have to kind of leave that up to, up to the Lord to judge. So Mike. Amen. So I hope that helps. Yes, it did. Thank you so much. And God bless you guys. And I love you both. Well, <laughs> Lord bless you, dear. Happy New Year to you, Sam White. And you have some, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy it. Let's go to Dick in Boise, Idaho. I welcome. Uh, good afternoon, pastors. Yes. Um, I have a question and a comment. Um, it seems to me that in one of Paul's writings, he uh, admonishes us to be careful what you allow into your mind, and yep. I can't find it. Okay, your thoughts, Scott. Yeah, well, Dick, there, there would be several scriptures, actually, that deal with the mind, and this is why is because here's here's what I tell our church whoever controls the mind of a man controls the man uh the the battle over temptation the the battle over our decision making as Christians it all starts with the thoughts of our mind um belief in the mind always determines behavior and so it's very important what we allow into our mind and how we allow our mind to be shaped uh because our thoughts will will then become actions okay so i'll just give you a couple real quick second uh corinthians chapter 10 um paul there actually says uh though we walk in the flesh we don't war according to the flesh and in verse 4 the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in god for pulling down of strongholds now what are the strongholds paul talk is talking about here it's thoughts he says casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god and then he says this, that we're to take all the thoughts that come into our mind, we're to examine them, and we're to bring every thought cap, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So again, it's our thoughts that, that ultimately determine our deeds. And so what we think on and what we allow in our mind and the way we allow our thought processes to be shaped uh, and what we believe is very, very important. And so I remember Martin reading Martin Luther once said this. He said, you can't keep a bird from flying over you, your head, but you can keep it from building a nest in your hair. Okay. We can't control every thought that enters into our mind because that's the way symptom, one of the ways Satan tempts us is by f- shooting those fiery darts of evil thoughts into our mind. But we are, according to Paul in 2 Corinthians 10, responsible for the thoughts that we dwell on, that we meditate on, and that we entertain. Because the things that we, we dwell on, that we meditate on, and entertain will become the actions that we do. Okay, so that's one place where Paul talks about it. Another place is in Philippians 4. So it, it you know, in 1 Corinthians chapter, or 2 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says, take every thought, Take it when it comes, examine it, see if it's an obedient to Christ. If it's not, cast it down and don't let that determine, don't let that cause you go to, to go into disobedience, but rather think on the right things. So when it comes to the thoughts of our mind, what we have to do is we have to say no to the wrong thoughts and cast those down. But then according to Paul in Philippians chapter four, verse eight, we have to replace evil and ungodly thoughts with godly thoughts. And he says in, in, in Philippians 4, 8, he says, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, he says this, 
think or meditate on these things. So what we allow in our mind is very important. So we have to say no to the wrong thoughts, and then we have to say yes to the right thoughts. And what are the right thoughts? All of the thoughts that come in line with Scripture, with what the Bible says. If it's against the Bible, then it's the evil, ungodly thought that I need to replace with the right thing. And, of course, Paul told the uh, Romans in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 that we, that our lives, okay, and here's the kicker, our lives are actually transformed and and different because of the thoughts we think. He says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, our minds have to be renewed. When we are born again, we have a we have a new heart, we have a new spirit, but we still have minds that have wrong thoughts. And so how do we renew our mind? By by taking the thoughts that we have and 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 allowing them to be shaped by the word of God. The word of God is the test for whether what we're thinking is right or wrong. If we think wrong, we're going to be disobedient. If we think right, then we're going to be disobedient. We're going to be obedient to the Lord. And so I think there's three good passages there for you to kind of look at and think about. Mike? Yeah. Philippians uh, 4, 6 through 9, whatever things are pure, whatever things are holy, whatever thing, dwell upon these things. He he lists those things. Why? Because Mm -hmm. it is possible to dwell on the wrong things. That's right. And and you dwell on the wrong things. You 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 know, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. If you involve yourself in contrary doctrine to what the word of God says, you'll be begin to believe that is what's true and then you'll find yourselves uh, being destroyed. Um I, the devil will sell a person a, a thousand truths to slip them the, the one lie that'll kill him. So understanding that I think one of the best place, Philippians chapter 4, just read uh, uh, 6 through 9. I think it's going to be a great place for you. Hope that helps, Dick. Yeah, it it really does. And I don't know why I didn't think about the Beatitudes. But, uh, yeah, thank you, gentlemen, for answering my question. I do have a comment for Mike. Yeah. Um, I appreciate appreciate the updates on uh, the – our so-called news media, you, you said that it's the biggest collection of liars uh, that's ever been assembled. And, you know, I always thought that was Congress. <laughs> well, they're, and they're neck and neck coming down the straightaway. You know, I don't know. I, I, I know it's it's pretty sad because all these other agendas are behind what they're doing. And so... Just got to be careful. Dick, stay in line. We'll send you out a couple of books, a couple of DVDs. Happy New Year to you. And we'll try to get to Jane here in California. Hi and welcome. Hi. We only got less than a minute. Jane, what's your question real fast? Um, I have a question about, so the book of Enoch. Why was it removed from the Bible? Like, why do people remove things from the Bible? It was never and- in the Bible. It was never in the Bible. It was some book that was written outside the Bible. And there's probably, uh, literally, probably four dozen, five dozen reasons why it was left out, uh, why it was never canonized. I shouldn't say it was left out. Uh, It was never canonized. It's wacky. If you read the book of Enoch, it's nutsy. It says that that, uh, Enoch uh, visited with Noah. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says Enoch walked with God and taken a long time uh, before Noah came on the scene. That There's just so many problems with the book of Enoch. The church fathers discounted it and said it's junk. Now remember, just because a book is old 
doesn't make it true. Junk then, junk now. And that's not the only one. There's the book of, there's the gospel of Mary and the, and the a gospel of, of Judas and all these different junk then, junk now. Just always remember that we have the word of God. That's what makes the difference. God bless you all. Thanks, Scott, for being on this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program. Please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to every man and answer P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll free number is 1-800-357-4226. Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for to every man and answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 